Hallelujah. Well, I promise somebody nudge your neighbor and say, this ought to be interesting. <laughs> Hallelujah. I promise not to hold you too long. Um, there was a man visited the church one time and it wasn't necessarily this church, but he was on the back pew and his son was with him, 10 years old. He saw his daddy come to church, get the family ready. Saw his daddy, when the offering come, reach in his pocket, so he had a dollar and some lint, threw it, threw it all in the offering. And they were in the, in the car on the way home. And the dad says, you know what, I just, that music was so loud. That song was way too fast. I didn't even know how to clap. You know, I'm just, man, that preacher just kept screaming. He kept hollering. The 10-year-old looked, leaned over his dad and he said, you know, dad, it wasn't bad for a dollar. So I promise, if you'll stick with me tonight, if you don't like it at the end, come to me. I'll give you your admission back, okay? See my wife. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'd like to uh, read to you, if you don't mind, from Revelations chapter 5. I just lost about half the congregation right there by saying Revelations. That's okay. Stay with me. Stay with me. It's amazing that some of the hardest things to understand and to see in the Bible is in a book called Revelation. You know, that, that's all, some of the small things that baffle me sometimes. If you have it, say amen. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And verse number nine is what I want you to focus on. And then they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain. And has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, right now, God, you know me. You know who I am, God. You know what I'm about. 
I need your help right now, Jesus. Help me to deliver the message that you have put in my heart for this people, God. Lord, let us be focused upon your word, God. Let us understand that we're in the presence, God, of the holies of holies, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord one more time. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. I apologize about my son coming all the way to the pulpit to get a Kleenex for his mother. He, uh, he's just eager to get in the pulpit. I'm, I'm happy about that. Amen. And they sang a new song saying, For thou art worthy to take the book, for thou was slain. I want to preach to you for a few minutes tonight on the subject, only the wounded can heal. Only the wounded, only the scarred, only the bruised have the power to heal. In 1928, Thornton Wilder wrote a one-act play about a story of the angel of the Bible who came to trouble the waters. I know that I'm impressing my wife right now because she doesn't think that I read. And I don't. But I do when I'm studying for the Word. And there was a, this gathering, the Bible says, at the pool where annually an angel would come and stir up the waters And people would rush in because they believed that at this point and this troubling of the waters that there was some special healing. So Thornton Wilder, in his one-act play, has this grossly deformed, sick man struggling to make it to the water. The fluttering of the angel's wings has stirred up the waters And this grossly deformed man struggles to get in, but others rush in before him. And in the play, based on the story from the Bible, this man tries to get into the the water, but the people in the play don't stop him. The angel stops him. The angel in the play says to this man these words, Stand back. Healing is not for you. For without your wounds, where would your power be? It is in your remorse, the angel says, that makes your voice low and trembling in the, ha- in the hearts of men. Not the angels in heaven themselves can persuade a wretched, blundering children of the earth as one human being who has been broken on the wheels of life. The angel says, finally... And the service of love, only the wounded need apply. I want to tell you that. I want to say that one more time. Stand back. Healing is not for you. For without your wounds, where would your power be? It is in your remorse, the angel says, that makes your voice low and trembling in the hearts of man. 
Not only, not the angels themselves in heaven can persuade the wretched, blundering children of the earth as one man, one human being who has been broken on the wheels of life. The angel says finally, in the service of love, only the wounded need apply. The church, every Sunday morning and every Sunday night, is a gathering of troubles. Just about everybody here tonight is in some sort of prioritized fog. And a lot of them are of their own ills. Henry David Thoreau, in his reflections on Walden Pond, says just about all of us live lives in a quiet desperation. In every corner of the sanctuary, on every pew, there's trouble, there's burdens, there's worries, there's wounds and there's scars and there's bruises that are covered up with nice hairdos. There's stuff that's covered up with fancy dresses, new suits, nice shoes, and nice ties. But underneath what we wear is a brokenness and a hurt and a frustration that no salary can compensate for. And when people come to church on Sundays, they don't just need commentary from an ancient text. They need somebody to stop the hemorrhaging of their soul. And they need to see somebody who's got some scars to let them know that troubles don't last always. Is there no bomb in Gilead? I wish I had somebody who could help me this night. Is there no physician in the house? Our ancient ancestors straighten out that question mark and turn it into an exclamation point. There is a bomb. There is a bomb in Gilead. There is a bomb that the wound that can help the wounded to become whole. You've got to be awfully young to have to not have experienced pain in life. I'm not up here tonight to try to convince you that life isn't messy because that's a lie. But I'm up here tonight trying to tell someone through that mess, God will, God will see you through. Somehow through your pain, you can struggle up out of what the devil thinks he has you trapped in. Because if you're God's child, weeping may endure for a night. But joy, joy comes in the morning. When life gets hard and pain and troubles come, fret not because of evildoers. Don't be envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall be cut off like grass. When I can't take it anymore, I've learned to wait on the Lord and to be of good, chur- be of good courage, for the Word says, He will strengthen my heart. Somebody who's been through it. Somebody who, who's had troubles can testify with Paul tonight that I have learned that whatsoever state I find myself in, I have learned to be content. For Paul said, I am persuaded that neither life nor death, angels nor principalities, 
Things present or things to come. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Somebody said amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody, come on, let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to his purpose. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. For my, for Jeremiah tells us, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. To give you a future. To give you hope. But to get there, you've got to learn to struggle up through some of your pain. Hallelujah. John is in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he's taken to a place where he sees... A, he sees this climactic vision. He sees a book written within and without, sealed with seven seals, the number of perfection. That book symbolizes the authority and the mysteries of life that only one person, one person can, un, can unfold. That book is the, is the mysteries of everything that we've wanted to know. And John says, this book is in the right hand of him who sits on the throne. And a strong angel proclaims with a loud voice in the hearing of every man and every woman, who is worthy? Who is worthy to open this book and to read thereof? John said, I wept. I wept much. Because no man in heaven, on the earth, underneath the earth, no man even in hell could take the book from the hand of the one that sat upon the throne. No poet, however lyrical his pentometer, no soldier, no matter how victorious his campaign, no diplomat, no matter how astute his diplomacy, nobody... Nobody, nobody was worthy to take the book. Ladies and gentlemen, in this, in this veils of tears, in this life of sorrows, you and I live in the parentheses of two hazards. Number one, birth, which is traumatic. And number two, death, which is also traumatic. And in between birth and death, we struggle with the two. Job said, I wish I would have never been born. I need somebody here to be honest with me tonight. Enough to admit that there have been days when you struggled staying here. There's been days when you struggled with your own purpose because life just got too hard. I'm not talking about you just had a headache or you just had a backache or you just wasn't feeling too good. No, I'm talking about life that's deeper than that. Because when you live life deeply, when you live life deeply, you hurt deeply. If you love deeply, you hurt deeply. If you care deeply, you get insulted deeply. Because you live life deeply for God. It will sometimes take you, it will sometimes take you to places that you don't always want to go. I'm not talking to the little timid Christian 
who believes that a miracle a day keeps the devil away. And that all you have to do and all you need is faith in God and to read your Bible and to pay your tithes and to come to Sunday school and show up with a plastic grin on your face and everything is going to be fine. That's fictional. That's phony. But those of us who know that life is gritty and that life is dirty and no respecter of men, those of us who love people who lie on us, those of us who trust people, who betray us, those of us who live for our children and they never turn around to even say thank you, those of us who spend ourselves trying to help somebody and when you're in trouble, nobody will even give you a call. Hallelujah. Life is hard. Life is hard. Sometimes all hell breaks loose in your life. Sometimes days are full of bright sunshine only to be followed by the midnight hour and the cry of the midnight hour. Who? Who is worthy? Who is worthy? Check with my doctor. But after a while, he won't be able to do me any good. I've got some good friends who love and who care for me. But they can only walk with me so far. My heart is still heavy to this day because my grandmothers, who I know love me, sleeps the long sleep of death. Oh, if I could just hear their voice one more time. But Mima and Granny are in the cemetery. But there is somebody. There is one. There is one who is worthy to open the book and to read thereof. John said, I wept because there was nobody who could take the book and to read thereof. But then the elder said, look over there. Here he comes. There he is right there. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The root from the house of David. The stone hewed out of a mountain. The lily of the valley. The bright and morning star. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Coming through the centuries. Coming through the generations. Through the troubles. Through the miseries. Walking through it all. Through the bruises. Here he comes. Here he comes to take the book and to read thereof. How did the elder, how did the elder identify him? How did the elder know that he was the one? What marks of identification gave him power to heal? What was it about him that singled him out to have the power to heal? What are his marks of identification? What distinguishes him as the one worthy to open the book? I'm glad you asked. He's scarred in his hands. Wounds in his head. On his feet are marks of identification that says he's been scarred. So his scars gave him the power. And ladies and gentlemen... Where I'm trying to go with this message right now is that the only way that you can talk to me about trouble, the only way that you can comfort me 
and my afflictions. The only way that you can help me with my bruises. The only way that you can put your arms around me when my tears are falling is if you had some troubles yourself. Is there anybody here that's ever been bruised and somebody who went through what you went through came alongside of you and said, I know, I know what you're going through. Hallelujah. It's kind of dishonest for you to try to cheer me, to try to cheer me up when you haven't come through some troubles yourself. It's kind of false for you to come up to me and say, Jay, I know what you're going through. When, when your grandmother's at home watching gun smoke, hallelujah, they've never repossessed your car. You've always could pay your rent. You never had any problems putting food on your table. You've always had more than you could use. Here I am struggling in life and death situations. And you're telling me, oh, just call me if you need me. Just call me if you need me. No, I need somebody who's been down to their last dime. I need somebody who's been lied on and talked about and criticized and made to feel worse than you really were. I need somebody who's been in my shoes to tell me that there's a way out. That there is one. That there is one. He is worthy. He is worthy. The Bible says that he was tempted. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The last two, the last two Wednesday nights have been the most powerful services I've ever, the most powerful messages I've ever heard in my life. Healing messages. Healing. Dr. Hughes and then our own pastor. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He was worthy because he was wounded. Did you hear that? You hear what I'm saying to you? He's worthy because he was wounded. Where are your wounds tonight? Where are your scars? Stop covering up your pain and acting like you've got life all together. When you come to church, that should be the time that we're able to expose ourselves. But we've drawn back because we can't trust each other. We've pulled back because... We're scared that the first thing we say is going to be just passed around, passed on. And somebody gets some good gossip and they're sitting there saying, who, I, who am I going to tell instead of God, help that person. Help that person. Help that person. The church should be a place that we can come and we can lean on each other. This week my heart has been so heavy for my sanctuary and my congregation. And I'm thankful. I feel an honor that I'm a part of this. I'm a, I feel honored that any of y'all even know my name and that you pray for me and my family. And I love you for that. And I don't ever want this to be a place that I can't come and open up to you and say, I need a hand. Hallelujah. I need somebody that can recognize and understand the pain that I'm going through. I don't know. I don't want this to be a Facebook gossip gathering page. Hallelujah. It shouldn't be that way. Amen. It shouldn't be that way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should be able to come in here. And we should be able to lean on each other. 
We should be able to say, you know what? I know what you're going through. I've heard so many confusing messages preached on our wounds and preached on our scars of life and how that some people have preached that we need to hide them and move on. Other preachers have preached so many different things. But you know what? There's no better feeling in the world when I'm going through something and I know somebody else has been through it and they come up and they put their arm around me and they say, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. There's no greater healing. There's no greater healing than knowing that somebody has been there. When you come to church, that's the time to let your hair down. That's the time to stop being phony and to stop being fictional and stop acting like life is all candy and roses. When I come in this place, I worship and I shout. I said it this morning. Not because I've got it all together. I come because I need some help. I need somebody to stand up alongside me and tell me, Jay, Jay, you can make it. Just worship God. Let me close. Have you ever come to worship and just didn't feel like it? You were shaking. You, you, you were shaking hands and you were speaking, but your mind was a thousand miles away as the musicians are coming. You had your Bible open, but you weren't really reading anything. You were praying, but the words were just coming out, but there was really no connection there. Because troubles and burdens and pains have a way of hitting you when you don't expect it. And when you get punched in the stomach when you're not expecting it, it's going to take the wind out of you. I promise you. It's going to knock you down. Hallelujah. Jim Brown, an old running back for the NFL, was interviewed one time. And the the guy said, Mr. Brown, why are you always the last one to get back in the huddle after a play? He said, son, you got to understand something. He said, these young guys coming in the NFL, they're flying around out here with helmets off. They're just looking to hurt you. They're they're looking to make a name for themselves. And he says, I lay there. And I had gathered my focus so that I can get up and not show them where I'm hurting. I take my time getting back to the huddle so I, so I don't have to limp and they, and they know where I'm hurting. If the enemy knows where they can get, get on your nerves, trust me, they'll keep hitting you in the same spot over and over and over again. But I've come tonight to tell somebody, if you're broke... Walk like you got money. If you're in pain, stand up under it anyhow. If your heart is broken and heavy, come to church anyways because we've got a comforter. We have a real comforter who knows all about our struggles. Is there anybody here who's ever needed to call that name? I need somebody who can testify tonight that I was hurting. I was in pain, but God healed me. My life was broken, but God put it back together. My pain was almost unbearable, but just a little talk with Jesus. Just a little talk with Jesus made it all right.